birders. Welcome to Bird Facts with Kristen and Maeve. I'm Kristen, bird washer extraordinaire. And I'm Maeve, bird knowledge novice. And in this podcast, Kristen tells me facts about a bird a week and I listen and ask questions. We are learning along with you on this bird journey. So Kristen, what bird are we talking about this week? Today, we are talking about the scarlet tanager. Ooh, a beautiful, brilliant, and tiny bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the reason we're talking about the scarlet tanager is I work at a library on campus and somebody a few weeks ago returned a book that had a little card in it with a picture of a bird on it. And my coworker who sits at his desk put that up on his little board behind him. And I said, what bird is that? Where did that come from? He said, I don't know. I found it in a book. So I looked it up and it was a scarlet tanager and I I can't be more excited how this bird came into our lives and share it with all of our listeners. Yes, I'm excited too. Yes. So the scientific name of the scarlet tanager is Paranga olivacea. And a lot of websites describe it as one of the most beautiful birds, songbirds that you can see in America. Some describe it as blindingly beautiful. Yeah, the males are famous for being a bright red, having a bright red body with jet black wings, tails, mm-hmm. and eyes with a brownish beak. And the females are an olive yellowish color with dark eyes or dark mm-hmm. wings and a tail. Mm-hmm. Both sexes are similarly sized around six and a half inches, which is about 16 to 17 centimeters. Mm-hmm. And it's described as between a sparrow and robin size. They're in the same family as cardinals, grosbeaks, and buntings. Mm. I did see that they used to be, so tanager, of course, like puts them in that species, but until recently they were in that group and now they are grouped with cardinals. That's what I saw when I did my first Google search. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could do an episode someday on bird classification because that That seems to be be a trend that their classifications are changing all the time. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I bet you're interested in what this bird sounds like. Oh, I am, of course. I was a little bit surprised. I think it sounds just like the American robin. Mm-hmm. And then the call is a little different. Nice. Yeah. And then the habitat that these birds enjoy are forests, especially shady trees like oak trees. They live mostly in foresty areas that are either deciduous or deciduous mm-hmm. mixed with pine. Right. And they mostly eat insects and berries. And these little guys, they're difficult to spot because they spend most of their time at the tops of the canopies. Mm-hmm. Both parents care for the nestlings and the males court the females by going underneath them. They go onto a branch underneath, spread their wings and their tail feathers so that the female can see the stark contrast between the red and the black feathers. Cute. And this is a migratory bird. Mm-hmm. It breeds in those deciduous forests, those deciduous mixed evergreen forests in the northeastern part of the United States, from ranging from about Minnesota to a little bit of Canada, down to Arkansas, along mm. to the east coast, up through Maine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it winters down in the northwestern parts of South America. So it migrates mm-hmm. along the Gulf Coast and Central America. Mm-hmm. So Maeve, are you ready for the fun facts? 
Oh, I'm so ready. Tanager. Yes. So one of the interesting facts that I read is, as I said before, they're really difficult to spot. And I have never seen one. I was surprised to see that they were in Wisconsin. As I've been bird watching for a few years now, I've never seen one of these. So if you're interested in spotting one of these birds, the websites say the best thing you can do is go into the forest, mm-hmm. stand under a big tree, and just look up and wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. And listen, to have that distinct call. Although I actually found it so similar to the robin that I think I'd have to listen to their calls for a while to be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are hard of hearing or deaf, you can look up into the forest and look for the flash of red. The males, they move around a lot. And as they feed on insects, they do a lot of that by hovering. They'll, fl- they'll see an insect come to it, hover and grab it. They can even catch insects in mid-flight. Mm-hmm. which must be really fun to see in person. Yeah, The uh, females are notoriously difficult to see because they're so small and so up high, they really meld into the forest a lot better than the males do. Mm-hmm. And when they are wintering in South America, these birds join flocks of other songbirds. So when you're down in South America, you can see big flocks of all kinds of different beautifully colored birds. So bright red birds are quite rare up here in North America, but down mm-hmm. in tropical Central America and North, Northern South America, they have all kinds of tropical birds that are brightly colored. So that must be quite the sight, I can't even imagine. And another fun fact is that while the female is gathering nesting material, she sings back and forth with the male. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and her call is a little bit softer and, and calmer, but mm-hmm. it's the only time you hear they're really communicating to each other. This is a monogamous mm-hmm. bird, although I couldn't find out if they're monogamous for life or just mm-hmm. for each mating season. Okay. I assume that it's mating season because of this next fact is that the males, when they move, fly back up in the summer, arrive before the females to find their mating mm-hmm. territory. And this is mm-hmm. when the males do their singing. They do a sort mm-hmm. of a competitive singing program. American and then, Idol. yeah, American Idol style. And then if the if two males are in the same territory and they cannot fight it, sing it through, they will actually chase each other around and get in a little bit of a tussle. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I also read that... Um both parents will take care of the nestlings males less though and that the nestlings like the young leave only within I think nine to 15 days yeah it's been really interesting to see the the variance in how the different bird species care for their Mm -hmm. young you know sometimes it's just the female sometimes it's both sometimes Mm -hmm. the males and females just do specific tasks and in some the young the fledglings stay with the parents that looks like with these birds they're they're just kind of on their own once they're out of the nest another fact is I remember when we were covering the catbird mm-hmm. I talked about how they migrated mostly at night mm-hmm. and you asked me why and I said I didn't know and now we know now we know <laughs> so <gasps> exciting one of the facts about this bird is that it usually migrates at night and I think it was a month or two ago the Cornell lab had a session with an ornithologist online and I went to that and he said that actually most songbirds do migrate at night and there are a lot of theories as to why the main one is that it's cooler at night Mm -hmm. 
So you don't have to expend as much energy in flying as you would during the day when it's hotter. And another thing is that there are a lot of, there's really strong evidence to suggest that a lot of bird species can actually see magnetic fields. Oh my gosh. And that's how they direct where they're traveling during migration. So there's some theories that this, this sense of seeing the, sorry, it's hard to verbalize. <laughs> <laughs> when they actually see the magnetic field, when there are certain mm -hmm. levels of light, it is amplified. So there's a theory that the, the low light from the moon or cities is just oh, the right I amount see. of light to see the to see that in the best way. Isn't that interesting? Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is. So there's no way to know really for sure. Those are just the main theories out there right now about about mm -hmm. that. Ooh, and then I have a like a flashback throwback to a yeah. cowbird episode, which you just, yeah, made me think of when you said catbird. So I saw that um, sometimes this bird, the scarlet tanager, is victim to the cowbird's parasiting. Yes, that is correct. I also read that uh, since this bird prefers interior forests, mm -hmm. there are a lot of studies being done about how populations have changed during forest fragmentation. Mm. And there's been some studies that have done that suggest that when the forest becomes smaller through habitat loss, yeah. these scarlet tanagers are more easily victimized by the cowbirds. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the scarlet tanager can't recognize the difference between or does or just chooses not to. There's no way to know for sure. Yeah. So if they do fall victim to the cowbird, they will just raise the bird take care of the baby. However, I did see that if the mating pair does see a female cowbird near their nest, mm -hmm. they will chase her away in kind of in a violent way. But that once she's laid her egg in that nest, she's golden. She's off. She's got a free baby <laughs> coming up later. <laughs> they won't kick it out or not yeah. feed it. They just raise it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. It's fascinating. I also read that their habitat is um, prone to destruction or like there's been a loss, a lot of loss of their habitat as well, mm -hmm. probably because of the trees. Yeah. yeah, because they live in forests and those are often right. taken down to make way for subdevelopments or different kinds mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. things. So there's lots of studies being done on how that's impacting their populations, although mm -hmm. I didn't see any evidence of significant population decline happening right now, right. but they are doing lots of studies on it. Okay. So those are all my facts about the scarlet tanager. Did you have any questions about that? I don't think so. One thing that I, yeah, I have a few takeaways. I love that during courting, the male will show off his different, like part his feathers so that, um, the female can see the black feathers. I think that's very mm -hmm. cute. Um, I also love that they can just hover in the air and snatch their food. <laughs> it reminds me of like fish that jump up and, <laughs> you know, like jump out of the water. Yes. Yeah. Or like a flying squirrel or something. It's like, how do these animals exist? <laughs> it's amazing. So do you have any other thing that you'd like to share about this animal or anything else? No, those are all my facts. I believe maybe you did have an announcement about some bird news that you saw this week. It's a bit sad. Let me let me find it. So I was looking at an NPR article earlier and I have not read it, but the headline is almost half of bird species are in decline due to human made threats report finds. That was from October 19th, 2022. So less than a week in between our recording. So yeah, yeah. it's not, not great. And also hashtag not surprised. 
Yeah, this is true. <laughs> what bird are we talking about next week? So next week, we're doing a little unconventional episode. We're having a special guest here to talk with us about chickens. Woo-hoo. So all thing chickens next week. Yay. Very exciting. I, I can't wait. I love chickens. I have a bag with chickens on them. It's my groceries bag. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my friend that's coming on the show has been raising chickens for about eight years. So mm-hmm. she'll bring some really fun perspectives about what it's like to uh, own chickens and be around them and their different personalities. So I'm, I'm very excited. Wonderful. Okay. So the recordings that we used today for the calls and songs were from Merlin ID app used for educational purposes. We got a lot of our research from whatever you find in the show notes and also Audubon. Thank you, Savannah, for the beautiful artwork. And thank you for all of you, to all of you for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, check out our Instagram at birdfactspod. And you can email us at birdfactspod at gmail.com. If you want to ask questions or if you have an interest or special interest in birds and want to connect, be on the podcast, just a bird, just let us know. Bye, everyone. I'm Kristen. And I'm Maeve. Happy Happy birding. birding.